Kingdom Light Church has been selected as one of the top 15 South African spiritual podcasts in South Africa. So they were selected um, by one of the panelists on Feedspot, which is an international platform. Um, Feedspot is a content reader, so it helps you to keep um, up with multiple websites in one place so that you don't need to visit different websites to see what's happening. So we can send the link in the group for you guys to check it out. We are there on the top 15, which is really awesome. Thank you for your support. Thank you. Exciting news. That's great, eh? All right, so um, I really feel that one Sunday we should, just, we should just bring all the testimonies and let people just testify because there are so many testimonies of what God is doing, provision God has made, things that God has done, provisions that God has provided for people, people who speak to me on a daily basis and I forget, they turn around and say to me, Dave, you... You don't understand. There was no chance of it happening, but it happened. Amen. Come so. Yellow two go. I think. Yeah, sublief. Come. Lekker. Fang yellow lekker. Just, just tell, like short, like like for instance the whole thing with the container, because it's relevant because the container ports are now closed. They jammed. But your container got through. Yeah, we, we battled to get our container through. It, uh, it was delayed for three and a half weeks from Port Elizabeth to Cape Town. It took longer than from Belgium to Port Elizabeth. So, <laughs> and then um, the wind were blowing and everything was wrong. And we, we just prayed that it would come through because I was... Uh, one of our sons got married in Pretoria, so we had to go there. And if the container came in that time, it would have been a disaster. So it came the Saturday before we flew the Wednesday. But the guy that from our shipping company went to the harbor on his own, and he stood there and he said, listen, where's our container? And they said, oh, it is just standing on its own there. And he said, but can I load it? And I said, yes, you can load it. And it was the only container that went out of the harbor for, on the Saturday. For three weeks, nothing else went out. So that was absolutely a miracle. And then Dave and me, we prayed, not together, without knowing of each other, that the container will be paid with, with old stock on the floor, which happened. So God is just so amazing. He's, he's a, he's the miracles that he does. Can is I amazing. also say something? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> now I've got, an, I've got another story, Pastor. It's about this cupboard which I told you about. We went to a shop and there was two cupboards standing on the floor. And what, what happens is uh, you buy the cupboards, but there's a sticker on the cupboard. And you take the sticker and you go to the front and then you pay for it. And then they write out the slip and you put your slip on there, it's sold. And there were two cupboards standing. Say the one was standing for 200 rand and the other one was standing for 50 rand. So we took both stickers off. And as on our way to, to pay, we said, we're not going to take the one of 50 rand. We're only going to take the more expensive one. But we gave them the wrong sticker. We gave them the 30 rand, 50 rand sticker instead of the 100 rand sticker. So we paid 
50 rand for 100 rand cupboard. And as we walked out, we realized we did it, and we went back. I wouldn't have, but Patrice went back. <laughs> <laughs> we went back and we sorted it out, and we paid the right amount. We could have walked out with a cupboard which was worth 10 times more than the cupboard that we paid for. Came into the shop, and it was the first cupboard that sold. It was just the first cupboard that sold when it came in. It was such a big cupboard, I thought it wasn't going to sell, and it was the first cupboard. So the Heere, Eer a Mense, Eerlijkheid en Oprechtheid, Pastor. So God still answers prayer because since, since that container got moved, I don't know if you've seen in the news, but both Durban and Cape Town's container ports are jammed up. To me, a container is a miraculous thing in any case because if you see the amount of containers that are on a boat and that stand, how they keep track of it, I don't know, but they do, and the things come out. Michelle Vassier. Michelle? Kijk nou wat ze, kom hier gauw. Kruip nou weer weg. Vertel wat jy vir my vertel het vanmorgen. I know I wasn't intending, but... Hi, morning everybody. So, um, you know, we, I've been coming to, to pre-meetings, like on a Wednesday evening. And I remember Pastor Dave, Pastor Dave, can you hear me now? And then um, Pastor Dave, Amanda, and I remember Anita, and even Pastor Sean, everybody came to pray by me, like, you know, because um, I worked for Freedom, and Freedom was busy retrenching their people, and I was one of the people that was going to be retrenched. And then, I'm sorry about mentioning now the 19th. The 19th of October, my father passed away, right? And the Saturday thereafter, I was forced to go work, and I went to work, and I received a, an offer letter from the new company, FedEx, to come and work for them. And I started with FedEx the 1st of November, and, you know, as God would have it, God was just showing off. So on Friday, I was told that um, I'm being promoted from supervisor to an assistant catering manager. So yeah, that is just God showing off. (laughs) Retrenched, new job, increase, promotion. That's our God. So what you do with that and that is, Lord, if you can do it for them, you can do it for me. You're sitting there still, come. I, I, I just, I, I need to do this for you to understand that we're not in a vacuum, but God's moving. So I know what Davi wants me to tell you about. <laughs> um, yeah, when Elaine and I moved here with our family a while ago, sorry, I'm Stuart, by the way. Uh, we moved here five years ago for family and uh, closed down my business in Durban and uh, set up a business for a friend of mine here, but it was corporate, and it's not me. I've, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm a, like a self-guided guy, and uh, it was killing me, and I'd, I was doing it. I built the business for him, but it was killing me, and um, Dave and Sean prayed for me a lot about where to go, what to do, whether to go back into, I'm an architect by training, to go back into that or not, and a little while ago, a business came across my path, 
it just suited me. It's, it's just, yeah, it just suits me in so many different ways. And I got really excited. I prayed, prayed with Elaine, spoke to Elaine, prayed with Dave and Sean, and made an offer to the lady that was running the business. And it's uh, 1st of October, which is my birthday. Uh, I actually took over the running of the new business. Um, so it's been two months now. God is just amazing, amazing. It's been two months, I'm cash flow positive, the business is really looking good, and I'm just so happy that I'm back doing my own thing. And yeah, just all the, all the praise to God for finding a business that is like a puzzle piece in my life that fitted exactly where I needed it to fit. It wasn't a compromise, it wasn't a, like, oh, let's just go do this because it's available. It was the perfect business for me at this time, and I'm just so grateful to God for that. I apologize if uh, you didn't hear all of that stuff because of the generator on something with the sound. But can you all hear me now? Amen. Thank you to those people that I threw the mic at and just gave you no warning at all. But thank you that you brought that and, and that, that inspires me and it inspires others, um, especially in the time that we're living in. Um, the, Claudia... Prayer meeting is closed now, hey? Where? One more. Okay, one more. One more. Guys, I have to testify about the prayer meetings on a Wednesday night. For the last three weeks, what we've been doing is we've been putting papers up the front, and people have been writing their prayer requests. You can speak to Amanda and Sheila and people. At the end of a Wednesday night for the last three weeks, the pile of prayer requests has been somewhere in the region of this thick, prayer upon prayer upon prayer. And what we do is we hold that up before God. Your prayer request, we try and remember and make note of, and people phone us in and whatever, and we make note of that and pray. The amount of prayers that have come, the answers to, in this time period is phenomenal. And so I want to encourage you that, okay, the last one is Wednesday, but after Wednesday, between the Christmas time period, we're going to continue as a church to pray. And so I, I want to, in some way, make it possible for you to get the prayer request to us, and then for us to post it on a group of some sort. We don't have to put your name up there. We can just say praying for people with cancer because there's a whole bunch of people that have got serious illness right now and they're facing real major challenges. But we've had great testimony of God doing great miracles in that area. So we want to continue to pray about people with cancer and people with life-threatening diseases and, and such like, um, for financial situations, for jobs, for provision of work, for um, income, including housing and shelter, and then, and then for also that there would be this awesome, awesome, awesome presence of God in our church, in our services, um, and, and we pray for revival in our country, and we pray for the ending of crime and confusion, and we pray for peace. So there's a great need for prayer right now. Do you agree? Amen. Let us pray together. Let us be a church that is known for prayer um, in this time that we are living in. Amen. Amen. All right. So... Um, that brings me to something like a message, eh? Um, Luke 24. 
So let me just say this as part of the message this morning. Speaking to two pastors in the week, and we were chatting about different things that pastors talk about. And one of the young men said this profound thing. He said, there are people who are majoring on stuff, okay? Like, for instance, deliverance or miracles or kingdom or end times or sonship or angels or dreams and visions or the prophetic or one of the other gifting. People majoring on one of those things. They take it, they lift it out of the word and they put all their attention on it and they get out of sync and out of balance because they're concentrating on something that was never intended to be major. I'll explain. The major thing is the cross. The major thing is Jesus. In him are all those things. They are not to be uplifted and, and, and glorified and put on a pedestal to be the thing. They are part of the thing. Jesus is the thing. Are you with me? That is what we're supposed to be looking at. No, no, stand up for a moment. Put your Bible down. Stand over there. No, no's holding in your imagination. He's holding in his hands a gift for me. And I approach him knowing that he has something for me. But I do not look at him or at his face. I'm just looking at his hands. Hold the, hold the gift you've got for me, man. Okay, so he's got this gift for me. Stand, at the, you know, okay, model it, model it. Everybody see. Okay, he's got this gift for me. But I'm not, good morning, no, no, how are you? Bonjour, comment ça va? Ça va bien, vous? You know, there's none of that, what do you call it? relationship and discussion and, and personal contact. I got nothing to do with them. I'm just looking at what his hands hold. And so he got the gift. I grabbed the gift. I disregard the thank yous and, every, and, and I leave. Jesus is the person. And in him are all the gifts. I shouldn't be looking at what Jesus is carrying in the form of a gift. I should be looking at the person of Jesus. For when I've looked at him, I receive everything that he's carrying. Do you understand that? There's so much focus on the giftings, but the giver of the gift. If I want healing, I must be in relationship with the healer. If I want deliverance, I must be in relationship with the deliverer. If I want salvation and redemption, I should be in relationship with him who embodies it all. Because when I have him, I have everything he's carrying. Thank you. Are, you. are you with me this morning? So we need to understand that the, the, the gospel, that which is God's good message, is the embodiment of Christ. And when I receive him, I receive the good news. I receive what he's carrying. Which brings me to another thing about majoring and minoring. I should be majoring on good news. 
I should be looking that which is good. But lately when I've got together with people in ministry, especially American ministers and people from overseas, all they can tell you is about the faults and the negativity, what's wrong with the church in America, what's wrong with the pastors in America or wherever, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. You come away with a whole bunch of images of what the church looks like but in fact, it's not what the church looks like. It's what the people have focused on in minority. And it's not what the totality of what, because the church is his body. The church is his bride. And to focus on a number of things, and it might be that there's a lot of that going around, to focus on that is not focusing on the trueness of what God contains. Jesus doesn't focus on your faults. He focuses on what he's done for you already in Christ. Amen. And so we need to concentrate our, uh, be aware of that we look away from all that will distract unto Jesus, the author and finisher. All right. So that's just an add-on. Luke 24. Um, from verse, where are we going to go from? We're doing the book of Acts, remember? Say the book of Acts. Luke 24, and I'm going to jump around, and you, I'm hoping that you'll keep up with me this morning because we're doing Bible. Amen? Amen. Say Bible. Bible. <laughs> I, I, this one guy wrote, and what did he write? Where did he write it? Um, uh, Yeah. In the beginning was the word, not an opinion. <laughs> In the beginning was the word, not an opinion. <laughs> okay, Luke 24. <sighs> now upon the first day of the week, verse 1, very early in the morning they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the grave. <laughs> Good news, okay? And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. Aha, resurrection. And it came to pass as they much uh, and were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood with them in shining garments, and they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth. And they said unto them, Why seek ye the living? <laughs> among the dead. What are you looking for this morning? Are you looking for life? Or are you looking for death? Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee saying, red letters in my Bible, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, underline sinful men, and be crucified, on the th uh, crucified and the third day rise again. <laughs> and I'll rise again. There ain't no power on earth can keep me down. Woo, man, okay. And they remembered his words, all right? Okay, so here we have a statement, six, seven, and eight, 
that Jesus preempted or prophesied or spoke of his own death and resurrection before time. All right? So you can go to Matthew 17, Matthew 16, Luke 9, and, and, and in other places, and read where Jesus actually told them that he was going to the cross and that he would be crucified by sinful men. Are, are you with me? All right. So jump to verse 19. You're going to ask now, why are we in Luke when we are talking about Acts? Um. And one of them, verse 18, was, uh, um, name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, say Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass in these days? This is the, the, the guys on the way to Emmaus. They are traveling, and Jesus appears to them and travels with them, all right? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Note that. In my message so far, I wonder how many times I've said the word Jesus. You can go to some churches and some places where they will preach to you profound men's knowledge. They will raise up all kinds of very clever arguments and debates. But in the entirety of their hour with very eloquent speech, very little Jesus is mentioned. Okay, um, where was I? Da, 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 da. What things? Okay. Uh, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a mighty prophet in deed and in word before God and all the people. So he did not do what he did in a corner. He did not do what he did in a minor little thing. It was commonly known and shouted abroad what Jesus was doing in his time, and the crowds followed him, all right? And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered, oh, here we go, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. Say Bible. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. So they were trusting for a restoration of the kingdom from David's time of Israel. But God didn't come to restore the kingdom of Israel. He came to bring about the birth and the beginning of his kingdom on the earth. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Daniel sees a statue that represents by all biblical account and everybody who will agree that the statue's definition or the dream of the statue was different um, empires, Rome, Greece, oh, first Babylonian, then Mede and Persia, then Rome, then Greece, and then a mixture of clay and iron. But while he's looking at the statue, a stone is released that is not made of any 
man's hands. It gets released supernaturally. It rolls down the hill and crashes into the statue. And all the kingdoms of the earth are destroyed and come to naught. And that stone is the stone which the builders rejected, which has become the chief corner stone. Jesus speaking to the people. He said, the stone, have you never read that the prophet said the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. That stone rolls down, destroys all those kingdoms and becomes his kingdom. Are you, are you with me? Where did that take place? It took place at the cross. It took place at Jesus, actually at his birth, beginning at his birth and ending in his death and his resurrection. The kingdom of God has come rolls down and destroys that which is there and establishes. And there were women that visited, verse 23, and when they found on his body, they said, he is alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and for not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets, the Bible, all that the prophets have spoken. Because this thing, this crucified by every single prophet of the Old Testament, their job, description was to prophesy the coming of the Messiah. That was their job in the Old Testament. All right? And he said unto him, these are the words which I spoke unto you while I, the Acts 3 last week, that times of refreshing will come upon you, be fulfilled, which was written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the, say Psalms, all speaking about one person, the coming of the, stand the scriptures. Oh, what a beautiful song this morning. But rightly, what does it say? Seeing Jesus for who he really is. Go look at the words. He said he climbed into a tree that he might see Jesus. Everybody else that he might have personal encounter and understand this Jesus. If there's an desire for the church this morning would be to see Jesus, perceive Jesus, understand Jesus for who he really is. Not man's opinion, not other things, but Holy Ghost, will you not come and give me a true revelation of who Jesus really is to me and to the church, all right? Um, okay. Then he, okay, the scriptures, verse 46, and said unto him, thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. I cannot accentuate more what is the message of the Bible. It says that repentance and remission, forgiveness of sins, should be preached in his name. It doesn't tell you any other message, church. It says, this is your job. This is us. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to the entire world. What is the gospel? Brother, let me tell you something. Jesus loves you. He died for you and all your sins and all your guilt and everything he washed away by the blood. And you can be forgiven right now, today, if you receive it. Do you want to receive Jesus? Yes. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for blessing my brother. Thank you for saving him. Thank you that you wash him from his sins, that he's now born again, that he's a child of God. And this is the gospel. 
You can go with me to Matthew 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. And you can argue with me all day about whether it fits into end time or not. After Matthew 24, Jesus doesn't continue talking end times. He said, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to die on a cross. I'm going to pay for the sins of the world. And Matthew 28 ends with this instruction. Go ye therefore and preach rapture in all the world. No, he does not say that. He says, go into the world and preach the gospel to all nations. He said, and those that believe, let them be baptized, make disciples of them, that those disciples go and preach the same thing over and over again. Guys, I'm going to shout it off from the platform this morning. I cannot stand here and deny the cross. I cannot stand here and soften the message. I cannot this morning try and conjure up something to please man. I've got to do what God teaches in His Word. Amen. Amen. And I've got to shout against the haggies and against all the people that are preaching that sound so good but scripturally they're off. And sadly, they're doing it for financial gain. Sorry that I mentioned a name. But if they started preaching the truth right now, you know what's ridiculous? The people who are majoring in deliverance, the people who are majoring in bloodline curses, the people who are majoring in all this other stuff have got churches that are filled with hundreds and thousands of people and hundreds and thousands of dollars. And it makes, like, but pastor, did you see who's in their church? Did you see what's going on? I haven't got the answer for you other than this. That remains the word irrespective of everything else. And I have to preach the word because at the end of the day, the word is going to keep me safe. But pastor, did you not read that Jerusalem is now surrounded by armies and it says it will be surrounded? This is not the first time Jerusalem has been surrounded. In fact, over the years, Jerusalem has been surrounded many, many times. And when the centurion Titus or, or, or the general Titus surrounded them, and built ramparts against the walls of Jerusalem, he decided not to enter because there was five or three or what, factions of zealots on the inside that were fighting themselves in such a bloody war that he did not want to sacrifice his troops to go in. And they were the ones in 48 that broke down the temple, burnt it, and then broke it down. That not one stone remained on another, no, they burnt it, and when it cooled, they broke it open to get the gold that had melted from the roof. Just take Josephus, take the, the 70 AD, go and read the history and see for yourselves. So all of this, this is not the first time that Israel has faced every Arab nation around them. Go back to the Six-Day War. War is war and people do stuff. I want to ask you a question this morning. Why are the world, why is the world, why did the world not lament in the same way when, the, this, um, the, the, when they dislodged the people and that, what do they call it, the genocide that took place in Yanma? 
when the people of Yanma were forced out and, and persecuted and the women and children were killed, why was there not the same uproar? Sorry, I've, I've got to, I've got to, you could, the Cape is crazy right now, people. There are Christian churches not far from us down the road that are now all of a sudden Palestinians. Christian churches that are now standing next to Muslim people that are fighting other Christian churches about what's going Is what's going on in Israel right? No, not at all. Is what's happening to the children and the women on both sides right? No, not at all. Is war good? No, not at all. But why is Ukraine not the shout when Ukraine was happening? There was a minor little rustle in the leaves. Not there anymore. What about Burundi? What about Rwanda? What about Myanmar? Why is the accentuation now because of Israel? Because there's teachings that say we're not allowed to speak against it. We're not allowed to say anything against it. You cannot speak. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem like we pray for the peace of Afghanistan, Pakistan, whatever. We pray for the peace. We pray for people on both sides of the... You, you hear my heart this morning. I'm not taking sides for the Jews or the Palestinians. I'm not... I'm taking a side against war because I've been there and I've seen the collateral damage. But the accentuation is men who are getting direct feedback. Financial implications, corrupt uh, uh, stuff. Sorry, I, I didn't want to get that. Is being fed, and the church is in trouble again. Go and find me any book on the Left Behind series. I challenge you. Go and get me any book from the Left Behind series and bring it to me. I want you to bring it to me. This is what you will find in the front pages. This is a novel based on biblical stuff. A novel is what? It's a story. Can I tell you another thing? It's quiet now, but I don't care. I've got to do this. It's not my popularity that counts. It's your freedom and your safety in the Word. It's a novel, and this is what you'll find, that that book gets taken off the shelf because the detail that they had in it changes. Like, for instance, Gorbachev is the Antichrist because did you see the mark on his head? We laugh, but it's true. Saddam Hussein, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Saddam Hussein. Where did they find Saddam? In a dusty hole somewhere. All right? What was the other guy from Ethiopia? They found him under the road in a drain. With, with the, the, the leader of Ethiopia for so many years. Gaddafi. Can I just settle something in your presence this morning? John writes in 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, the Antichrist is already amongst us. He warns us of the Antichrist, but he then corrects the situation and says, the Antichrist is a spirit that has been in the world since the beginning. What is Antichrist? 
anti the anointing, because Christ is the anointing, and the anointed one. Any person who stands up against the anointing and the anointed one has a spirit of anti. And the person and the thing he's against is anti-Christ and anti-anointing. So that spirit has been in the world forever. It's been in Hitler. It's been in Saddam. It's been in Gaddafi. It will be forever in amongst us. The Bible warns us to beware of such a thing. But the Bible says, do not focus on triple sixes and antichrist. Look away from all that will distract unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Church, I've got to take you back and take you back and take you back until you automatically in your own walk will do that for yourself. Whenever you hear a newscast, whenever you hear a thing, say, hang on a minute, just put it, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful faith. I'm not telling you to do anything that's outside of the word. I'm pointing you to say, that is your answer. That is your salvation. It was, it will be, and will forever be. I, you see, I'm trying to get into Acts, but I'm in Luke. Because in Luke, he tells them something important. He tells them to go back and wait. The same way he tells them, you know, he said, I want you to go back to Jerusalem and wait in the upper room. And then we jump to Acts 1. I'm going to close with this. So we, we're finally getting to Acts 1. Congratulations, Dave. You're finally there. <laughs> Oh, so I'm traveling through the word, and while I'm traveling through the word, two things jump out at me. Acts 4, um, John 4, there's a woman at the well. What is the question that the Samaritan woman asks him? On which? Everybody shout mountain. On which mountain shall we worship? Look like a guy walking through a minefield. You seen a mind detector? Put your fingers in your ears and tiptoe through the minefield. On which mountain? On this one or Jerusalem? He said, Jesus, red letters, himself. The time is coming and now is where you will no longer worship on your mountain or the mountain of Jerusalem, even though the salvation comes by the Jews because they know what they worship. But you will worship God in spirit and in truth. Amen. For God is a spirit. Rebo shakraba. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. How's your worship? Spirit and truth. Amen. John 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. <laughs> Scriptures. This temple will be broken down. Not one stone will remain upon another. But I will rebuild something in three days. Hello, temple. 
Hello temple, hello temple, hello temple, hello temple, hello temple, hello indwelling Christ in the midst of you. The throne room is in you. Come boldly to the throne room where you might receive mercy in your time of need that you might have more grace. By the new and living way which is his blood, Hebrews 9 and 10, through the veil which is his flesh, which is torn open for you. The veil tore in the temple, but he opened a spiritual thing that you pass through him, in him, into him, and you enter into the new and living way where you might find mercy in your time of need through the veil which is his flesh. Oh, pastor, I don't know what's going on. I can't pray. The heaven is brass. Brass my foot. Die hemel kan nooit brons wees nie en kan nooit toe wees nie, want die deur is oop. The door has been opened forever because he is the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door to the sheepfold. If you hear my voice, step into his presence. Sorry, guys, I've got to hit this thing hard and I've got to get hit it on, on Hoden because you are hearing it hard and on Hoden every single day on your computer, on your phone, but you're not hearing every single day somebody talk to you in truth and spirit and saying to you, look at what really matters. The former, I'm going to close. The former account which I prepared, O Theophilus, Acts 1 verse 1, amplified. I made a continuous report dealing with all things which Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he ascended after he, through the Holy Spirit, had instructed and commanded the apostles, the special messengers in practice, whom he had chosen. To them also he showed, ha, 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 to them also he showed himself alive after his passion, in brackets, his suffering in the garden and on the cross by a series of, me, of many convincing demonstrations, unquestionable evidences and infallible proofs appearing to them during 40 days of talking to them about the things of the kingdom. Jesus chooses 12 men. One of them betrays him. Later he's replaced by one, and then a spiritual one is replaced by that one. That one's fine. They chose him by, by, by lot. But finally Jesus chooses one on the road to Damascus, Paul, and he saves him, the one who persecutes and scatters them and reveals stuff to him that is absolutely awesome. Okay? He chooses these men and then he rises from the dead. I will not eat this meal. Which meal? The Passover meal which he turned into your communion. He said, I will not eat this meal again until I can eat it with you in the kingdom. Then he rises from the dead, and for 40 days, he teaches them about the kingdom, and he breaks bread with them for 40 days. 
Oh, we're all waiting for the marriage supper of the Lamb somewhere in the distance. The marriage supper of the Lamb, you eat every end of the month and whenever you want to at your home and wherever you break bread. If I choose 12 men to take the message of my business and to spread it through all the world, then the 40 days that I know are my last with them on earth, I spend divulging necessary, important information. He did not at any time in that 40 days discuss with them end times. He did not discuss with them second coming or rapture. He discussed with them the kingdom for 40 days. He broke bread with them, ate the marriage supper of the lamb with them, shared with them, but spoke to them of the kingdom that has now come. And then I'm going to show you how many times he says from that moment on, you are my witnesses. You are to bring testimony that I rose from the dead because I'm proving myself. Touch me, touch me, touch me. Do you see? Put your hand in the hole. Put your hand in the hole of my hand. You see, that's where the nails were. You see? But a, a spirit doesn't have, have flesh and bone, but I have. Thomas, touch me. Put your hand in my side. Put your hand in my feet. My Lord, my God. Proving his physical resurrection. Proving that he's there. Physicality. Telling them. Showing them that he's alive. Because they are about to be witnesses to the very most important point. Jesus, son of God, died on a cross. Rose on the third day. And is now available to you and me as our savior and our salvation. Now you have the intro to the book of Acts. And then, and then, the most important thing that he says is followed by this. I don't want you to leave and go anywhere, but you must first wait until you receive the Holy Ghost. For he is the power. I wish I had a T.D. Jake's voice right now. Power. We should rock the house with a bass. Power. Dynamus. The power of God in the spirit is yours and mine to have. The third person in the Godhead. The same one that hovered over the waters at creation. The one that rose Jesus from the dead is not a duplicate. Not a something like or a similar model. No, the very spirit that rose Christ from the dead is now your indwelling presence. He will lead you in all truth. He will never forsake you, never leave you. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter what sin you involve in, He stays with you. To do what? You witnesses, I'm going to empower by that same Spirit that you will preach this risen Christ in Jerusalem and stay there. No, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost ends of the earth, you have been sent to preach the gospel of salvation to the world. Amen. That is your message. That is what you should be having. That is what you should be preaching. 
let's close with something funny. So this guy goes to the shop and the pastor's preaching rapture and he comes back and his wife, clothes are lying on the bed. I don't know where she got into costume and went to the swimming pool or whatever. And he walks through the house calling her, Mary, 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 or whatever her name is, can't find her anywhere. Screaming. Asking the neighbor, nobody knows where she is. So he makes the assumption, she's gone and I'm left behind because that's what the pastor's teaching. Finally, she steps out from behind the curtain and says, ha ha, got you. He rebukes her and shouts and curses and screams and steps in. You never ever do that again to me. You scared the life, says scared. Jy het my bang gemaakt. Jy het my vol vrees gelaai. Hoekom? Want ek het gedink, jy is weg. And I was left behind. One guy is sleeping and he wakes up and his wife's having an awesome spiritual dream and she's standing on the bed. Here, Jesus, come go. And he wakes up and he sees his wife praying like that. He dives around her ankles like a wafferse stiff to toy. Hey, take her. He tackles her, holds her fast around her ankles and says, Ek gaan saam, ek gaan saam, ek gaan God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. If you are listening to any kind of gospel that puts you under condemnation and fear, chuck it. Gooi dit by die deer uit. Oh, God does not live in temples built with man's hands, but he lives on the inside of every one of us. Oh, but pastor, I heard a man preach this week about the rebuilding of the Temple Mount. I want to see the Muslims allow that. But anyway, that set aside. The moment, the moment a human hand takes one brick and puts it on another one, then that temple that that person or group of people are trying to rebuild has become a human endeavor because it has human hands involved. God said, I will no longer live in anything that human hands can build, but I'm living by my spirit in you as the temples. God bless you. Have an awesome week. 